You're listening to a Richwood Church podcast. learned about God since oh. this? It hasn't been very long. Oh, I have, well, I think I, I already knew that he loved me, but I, I've just learned that he is just there every moment with me. He has not left my side. I mean, there have been moments of despair when I have just cried out to him and, God, why are you, why? Why me? Why Jerry? I mean, why couldn't you have healed Jerry's brain? And then Jerry and I could have had a ministry of going around yeah, speaking right. to cops yeah. and wives. And But, you know, um, the big thing for me is um, I don't know why. there. You know, and people that don't have a faith might say, like, well, why did God allow Jerry to take his own life? And... I always say, well, my short answer is, I have no idea. Yeah, that why question is nowheresville. Yeah. It's right. heartbreak hotel. Right, yes. but, you know, I know ultimately yeah. God has a perfect plan. Yeah. And so now if God can use me somehow in his perfect plan, imperfect me <laughs> for his perfect plan, I'm able and willing. If I know Jerry would not want anybody to suffer the way he suffered, if there's anything I can do to help one person not to have to suffer that way, I think Jerry would be grateful for that, and I would be grateful for that. You know, she's so right. God is always with us. God has a plan, and there's a tremendous future waiting for us as believers. And I think of Revelation 21.4, that verse that we sometimes only read at the darkest hours of life, but it's so precious. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And that's what's ahead for us as believers, but there's also hope in this life. In the video, that we watched earlier, Cindy, our guest, confronted some really important questions. And one of the questions that she had to confront in her own life was, where is God when tragedy strikes? Where is God in difficulty? And as her life progressed and as she grew in faith, she began to realize that God was always with her. And here we are now during the COVID-19 era, and we're confronted with many of those same questions. Where is God? Anxiety is at an all-time high. And in our time together, I want us to understand that there is hope in this COVID-19 era. But the hope doesn't come from external circumstances or from people or from solutions. The hope really is in communion with God. And so what I really want you to take with you is this, that communion with God can bring peace to your troubled soul.
And so if you have a Bible, if you have a phone, if you have a tablet, I would love you to take that right now and turn to the book of Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 6. Philippians 4, beginning in verse 6. This is, of course, from the Apostle Paul, and you may well be familiar with this passage. Paul had been through the ringer. He'd been through all kinds of trouble and tragedy and heartache. And even as he wrote this letter to the church in Philippi, he's likely in prison in Rome. But through it all, he had discovered that he could find depth. He could find traction. He could find hope for his troubled soul through communion with his God. And so let's take this and read it together. Philippians 4 beginning in verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What an important two verses for today's world. And as we break this passage down, I want it to minister to your heart, to your soul, because many of us right now are laying awake at night wondering what is going to happen next. And where I want to begin is with the destructive nature of anxiety. The reason we desire peace is because anxiety torments the soul. Anxiety torments the soul. Paul wanted his flock to be free of worry, to live at peace and to thrive. And so his command was, don't be anxious about anything. Now, let me stop for just a moment and be very clear. I understand that there are mental health issues, especially during this time in our lives, that are real and that need professional help and at times medication. So don't at all hear me say that anxiety is easily explained away, or that if you're struggling right now that you shouldn't seek help. In fact, I would say please do seek help. But what I am saying is that when it comes to worrying and when it comes to fretting and when it comes to wondering what will happen next, there is peace for your troubled soul, and it comes in the form of communion with God. Now, this church in Philippi had plenty to be anxious about. There were all kinds of pressures on it. It was a a Roman colony and a proud one in Philippi. And so it wasn't comfortable to be a Christian there. And not only did you have that external pressure of persecution, but you had false teachers beginning to rise up within the church. And so there was plenty of reason to be anxious if you let it, if you lived in Philippi. And this is so, so relevant to what we're going through right now. Just a few weeks ago, just six or seven weeks ago, everything was different. For me, I was making plans to go to Arizona and watch spring training baseball games. My, my kids were in school. The Dow was soaring. Unemployment was at an all-time low. And all of a sudden, In a blink of an eye, everything changed. And now here we are, and 
We live in a world that is full of fear and uncertainty and, and people are dying and millions of people are losing jobs. Our kids aren't in school any longer. For the first time I can ever remember, we weren't in church on Easter. Everything has shifted and changed. And so while the Philippian church, they were dealing with their own set of pressures. For us, it's a virus. And it's a virus that we could have never seen coming. But the timeless truth is still the same. That when we pray, when we commune with God, our souls can be they can be relieved of that pressing anxiety that steals our joy. Paul wanted his readers to thrive, and he had a plan for them. And he knew that if he could get them to pray, if he could get them to go to the throne room of God, that their souls could be healed. And there's hope for your troubled soul as well. So anxiety will eat away at your soul. But I want you to look now at the second half of verse 6. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And this is so vitally important because while your soul is being eaten up by anxiety, prayer heals your soul. You want to go somewhere to get healed? You want to go somewhere to find hope and peace and a sense of calm, a sense that the future is going to be okay, then that comes through prayer. It comes through relating to God one-on-one. -on -one. And there are several words here that, that Paul uses to describe this process of communing with God. Of course, the word prayer, that's just the, the motion of coming to God. That is the, the approach to God. That is the actual communing. And then there is supplication, which is the word petition in the NIV. And that's a request for an answer. That, that is asking God for something and, and getting on our knees and saying, Lord, I, I, I need this. I, I, I'm, I'm requesting this from you. And then there is thanksgiving. And thanksgiving should always accompany our prayers. Gratitude should always be a part of our prayer life. We are so honored and privileged at any time to have the privilege of coming into the throne room of the God of the universe who is more powerful than any virus ever could be. And we can go there. What a joy. Gratitude. And then finally, he uses the term request, which is actually specific things that we're praying for, a list a list of what we are asking for. This is the process of prayer that Paul is laying out. And this kind of prayer brings us closer to God. This kind of prayer helps our anxiety to bleed out of our soul because what anxiety will do if it's left to fester is it will eat away at you. It will, it will steal that hope. It will cause you to become inward focused. It will steal your desire to go outward and reach out to the people around you. But what prayer will do is it will calm your soul. It will heal your troubled soul. And that was Paul's desire for his readers, and that's God's desire for you. And so we come now to the effect of prayer. When we 
when we go through this process, when we commune with God, what are the effects that happen in our lives? If we look at verse 7 again, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. There's the hope. And this closely mirrors the Lord's teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. Believers don't need to be anxious. We can find peace for our souls simply by trusting in the power of God. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 31 through 34. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Man, if we've ever needed to hear that, it's right now. So when you hand over your anxiety to God, the peace of God can be yours no matter what the circumstance. It can be yours no matter what your circumstances look like. And this isn't just a happy feeling. It's not a, a temporary sort of high that you're on. No, it surpasses all understanding. And this kind of peace can be defined as an inner calm that comes when we totally trust God, when we trust in his power, when we trust in his providence. Then this calm can come into our lives because we're trusting God and not our circumstances. And then when, when Paul talks about this peace that surpasses all understanding, he means that it, it transcends our intellect, it transcends our own human insight. It is indeed supernatural, and it's available to you, the child of God, simply for asking. And so you can go before the throne room, and you can have this peace penetrate your heart and your soul. Because right now, if you let it, this COVID-19 thing is going to steal all of your peace. It will make you incredibly anxious. It will cause you to fear for the future. And we're going to talk about fear next week as we continue our series, Life Support. But there are so many things to be afraid of right now. There, there are so many things to be anxious about. There are financial stresses. There's fear of even leaving our homes, of even going to the store. There, there is this anxiety about someone close to us getting sick or the fact that we might contract the illness. There's tremendous anxiety about when this is all going to end. What's going to happen with the economy. All of these things are pressing in on us, but the child of God has access to peace that comes through Jesus Christ. And that's what I'm trying to press upon you here. And that's what Paul is getting at. And access to this peace comes through prayer. Because anxiety will eat away at you. It will destroy you. But prayer will bring peace that calms your troubled soul. And this is the kind of peace that only God can give. And it's desperately needed right now in this COVID-19 era. 
But the best thing of all is that the reason that this peace can be like a balm to your soul is that it guards you. And that's what we see here in verse 7. This peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so this is a guardian for you. The peace of God guards you from anxiety. And these are, these are purposeful words that, that Paul is giving these Philippian readers. Again, this is a military colony. Lots of former military people lived here. They would have understood guarding something. And this military term is to protect. It's like soldiers watching over a certain area. And it would be like soldiers watching over your heart and your mind and your emotion. But the linchpin for us is not a soldier. It is our relationship with Christ. The sandbags that hold up the wall that guards us is Jesus. It's our relationship with him. This is what drives us to prayer. This is what allows us to pray in the first place. And I hope that that brings encouragement to you. And I hope that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because certainly you must see now the importance of taking a look at your own life and your own future. We all must understand at this poignant time in our history that life does not last forever. And that the future we once thought was we were going to have may not be there at all. I, I heard Governor Walls this past week try to press upon us with all his might. You can't just flip a switch. It's not going to go back to the way it was. And so that's why a relationship with Jesus Christ makes more sense now than ever. You see, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He's the Savior of the world. And he came into our world because it's a broken world. And we see just how broken it is right now. But he also took upon himself all of the brokenness and all of the sin. And his goal was to redeem this world and to redeem the people in the world, all those who would believe in him. So I'm asking you, will you believe in Christ? Will you give your life to Christ? Will you say to Jesus, I am sorry for my sin. I want this kind of peace that I'm reading about here, that I'm hearing about for the first time. Because here's the thing, your soul may very well be weary right now. You may have lost someone in this. You may be desperately concerned about someone. And I want you to be able to say that if everything goes south, that you'll be in heaven and that you'll be protected by God. And this hope and this peace and this calm comes when you know that you're a child of God. And that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. And so I want to ask you to consider what that would look like in your life to make Jesus the head of your life. The truth regarding COVID-19 is that it can rattle even the strongest man and the strongest woman. We've never experienced anything like this. And there's no shame in crying out. We talked about this last time with David. There's no shame at all in crying out and saying, I need you, God. I, I, I don't know what to do next. Well, for the believer in Christ, what we can do is pray. And if you don't know Jesus yet, what you can do is you can give yourself to Jesus in faith and you can have this kind of peace in your life. And so I want you to pray because your enemy right now is anxiety. It is fear. 
It is the unknown. But when you pray, a healing comes into your soul that is available to the child of God, and that comes through prayer. It guards your heart and your mind. So how do you get started? Maybe you haven't prayed a lot, and maybe you're wondering, well, how do I get this kind of a prayer life? Here are three things that you can do to begin this process in your life. First, you can commit to a deeper, more profound prayer life. And this is a decision that you make. You can analyze for yourself what your prayer life looks like. You know that if you're content with it or if you're not content with it, I can't make that call for you. But what you can do is you can pray and you can say, Lord, I want to I pray more. I, I want to be more committed to this. And he desires so much to have relationship with you that he will answer that prayer. Secondly, you can ask God for the desire, the energy, and the self-discipline to develop that kind of a prayer life. And it does take energy, and it does take self-discipline because it is not easy to pray. Now, I have made a decision in my life that I am going to be a praying man, but it doesn't come easily at quarter to six in the morning. I have to drag myself out of bed, and my, my body is never quite caught up to my heart at that time in the morning. But I find that the more I do it, the more I hunger for it, the more I desperately need it. And so I find that those times are rich. And there are days when I don't know if anything was accomplished. I walk out of the room and I think, did my prayers just hit the ceiling? But I know that's not the truth because the Bible tells me that when I pray, my soul is healed and that's what's happening at those times. And then the last bit of advice I might give you is this. Start small. You don't have to pray for an hour the first time. You can pray in small doses. You can grab a devotional and read the prayer if you need to. Uh, on Monday evening here at Ridgewood, we're going to have a prayer time together on Zoom. You can just listen to other people pray, and you can learn a lot by that. But you need to start somewhere because anxiety is everywhere, and anxiety will tear you apart. And here we are in this COVID-19 era where everything is different. And we saw the woman on the video, and she was facing down a terrible tragedy in her life. But what did she discover? She discovered that God was still with her. And prayer will bring you back to that realization over and over again. And through prayer, you can have healing for your troubled soul. I would like to pray for you right now that this might be a time when God will work in your heart and soul and bring you to this place where you can have an in-depth, prayerful relationship with Jesus that will minister to you as you walk through this difficult time. Let's pray. God, I'm just so thankful that the words that we read here are true. And I'm so thankful, God, that you are one who listens to our prayers and that you've promised to minister to us and that while anxiety rips at us, this calm is available through communion with you. And I just pray for those now that are wondering about a relationship with you. I pray, God, that you would bring them to yourself, just as you did Sam, the man that we celebrated with the lantern earlier. And I pray, God, that for those that want to pray more, that you would just bring that desire up and, 
and help show them ways to do that so that they can experience this kind of amazing peace in this troubled world that we live in. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Ridgewood Church Podcast. For more faith-based resources or information about Ridgewood Church, visit us at myrwc.org.